Welcome back, listeners, and thank you for downloading or streaming this episode of Don't Disgust Us, hosted by yours truly, Chris Naples and David Bash. We are your Augusta Millennials who give a crap. We are powered by Amplified Events. We want to thank them for providing equipment to record. If you are interested in learning more about what Amplified Events does in Augusta, Georgia, visit their website at www.ampyourevent.com. That's Y-O-U-R. Make sure to like and follow our Facebook page, Don't Disgust a Podcast. Hope you enjoy this episode. just a little bit of a different format this episode. Uh, We're going to have two interviews. Uh, We're going to be talking about Men's Refinery and all the exciting things that they're doing. And then we're going to be talking to the Riverkeeper about what's going on with the Lock and Dam. We're really excited. And these are actually shortened versions of both of the interviews. Uh, To hear the whole ones, we'll actually post those on our Spotify uh, at some point over the summer. So be looking out for those. There's a lot of relatively political conversation. Uh, Please know that we are here to establish the facts and to let you guys know what's going on in Augusta. Thank you very much, and we do really hope you enjoy. This is David Bash for Don't Disgusta, and we're coming to you right now from the Men's Refinery. Um, I have with me Shelly. I'm Shelly. I'm the owner here of the refinery. Um, Now we are pretty much, we've just kind of gone from being the men's refinery to really breaking out the different entities of our business. So we're a barber spa, um, this is our lounge, and then we also do a music event that we call the Refinery After Hours. That's really cool. When does that happen? So usually we do the Refinery After Hours shows at least once or twice a month. They're on Saturday nights. Okay. Um, They're basically a, they're very intimate um, Mm -hmm. listening room dinner concert series that we do. We bring in singer-songwriters and touring artists out of Nashville. Wow, that's crazy. Um, So they're, most of them um, have a very big following on Spotify, YouTube, iTunes. Gotcha. Um, They're releasing new music and doing tours. And then we will usually bring in regional and local artists to come in as their openers. Okay, that's really cool. So everybody gets a chance to play. Yeah. Okay. We do pre-sale tickets, but we do feature a different brewery each show, so you get um, and a different restaurant. So we like to bring in catered food from the different local restaurant vendors and regional breweries where you can come in as part of your ticket price is you get a beer tasting um, and then as well as your dinner prior to the show. That's really cool. And how much are tickets usually? Tickets are $42 Okay. for the individual seats, and then we do sell a table experience. Okay. So we basically rearrange all of our whole front waiting room area of our barber spa. Okay. And that becomes the stage um, and then all of our seats and our tables. We have a new website, okay. and so it's mensrefineryspa.com. And if you go to – actually, if you scroll on the home page and you scroll down, you'll see where there's some of our upcoming events there already. Okay. But basically, you could click on each event, and it'll give you update information on. So, like, there's links to the individual artists. Oh, that's music, really cool. Okay. Gives a bio, and then there's also a ticket link, so you can that's actually awesome. purchase your tickets 
right through our website. One stop shop for everything you need to know. Yeah, or you can go to the top icons and you'll see where it'll say Barber Spot gives you all the information on the spa, the lounge, which is really what we use for our events, and then the after hours. Okay. We'll give you all of that information as well. Okay, and that's mensrefinery.com? Mensrefinerispa.com. Mensrefinerispa.com. Mm -hmm. Okay, gotcha. What was the inspiration for the bar in the back? Um, well, so we actually, when we came to this location, we, we moved from North Augusta. Okay. Um, we initially brought in another side of the business that we originally called the Inside Drive. Okay. So we had the golf simulators. Well, you pretty much don't like, you know, don't play golf without having cold beer, right? So it's just like one equals the other one? It's just, it made it, sense? It, it kind of just made sense. Okay. It was um, really to create that experience where, you know, you could come and get a haircut, you can have a cold beer, or we use this area for for other events. Yeah, so. and you can do like bachelor parties here too, right? The Yeah, the groom's party is what we call it, is pretty much a service. That's really our specialty. Okay. Um, that we do the day of the wedding typically, so the groom okay. and his groomsmen will come in, they'll receive services, but they also have full use of the lounge. Okay. Um, they play golf, we bring in lunch, they have cold beers, they can get dressed here, get That's groomed awesome. here, and then get to the ceremony on So time. you have barbers, mm -hmm. you have concerts, mm -hmm. you have bachelor party, or I guess it would be the groom's parties the day of. Um, is there anything else you want people to know that you have the golf simulator? Mm -hmm. Is there anything else you want people to know that you have? Um, well, our barber spa, we actually do haircut shaves, massages, um, hand and foot treatments. So it is okay. a, that is our main part of our business, our original part. So it's like a full spa. But it is. It's a okay. full, it's a full service um, spa for men. And, um, and yeah. I get my haircut here. So like I'm, yeah. I'm all about it. Yeah. I've been, uh, Caitlin's been cutting my hair for like at least two years now. Mm -hmm. So, and, and I will say the people here, uh, they always remember me, which I think is really impressive. Mm -hmm. uh, Cause I used to go to great clips before here and uh, it, they, they, they never remembered me and I never remembered them. Mm -hmm. So it is really cool being able to come here. Yeah. So, I mean, and that's, I think that's the bottom line of what we really, my goal was to create community. Okay. So if you go back in history to the old barbershops, it was about the men would go and hang out at the barbershop until it was their turn, <laughs> and they would sit around and talk smack. So, yeah. um, you know, we pretty much have taken community and are taking a barber spa or barber shop mm -hmm. and added so much more that really brings community together, brings people together for different reasons and a place to be comfortable. And you have a nice waiting room, too. I mean, so, you've got TVs, you've got the couches. Mm -hmm. I couldn't pick a better place to wait. Yeah. I find it an honor if someone falls asleep in one of the chairs. Sometimes they don't realize that they recline, and sometimes when they do, I realize that they've fallen asleep, and I find that, um, I take that as an honor, because then it's like they're comfortable enough. I could definitely see myself coming here on like a 5 o'clock, 5.30 after working, and I could see myself falling asleep in the recliner. Get your cold beer, <laughs> remote in your hand, and that's the exactly. best place for a man, what right? What else are you doing? Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for the time today. Thank you for letting us use this place. Uh, it, this lounge is awesome. Uh, we recommend it to anyone. Thank you so much to Shelly. Thank you to the Men's Refinery for letting us record in the lounge. Uh, really, we couldn't endorse them enough. 
Um, we are now going to start our interview with Tanya, who we are also super appreciative of. Uh, so on with the second act. We have a really exciting guest today. Will yes, you tell we us do. a little bit about yourself? Sure. My name is Tanya Bonatadavis. I'm Whoa. Savannah. Can you spell that? Can you, I can't. How many syllables is that? So many. I don't know. I've never <laughs> That's at least five. five. That's at least five. <laughs> um, my job is uh, I am your Savannah Riverkeeper, which means I watch over the Savannah River and I run a nonprofit organization whose mission is to do that. Um, and so it's a 400 mile long river, 10,000 square mile watershed. Uh, we have three offices here in Augusta. We have one in Savannah and in Allendale, South okay. Carolina. Cool. Um, but yeah, my main job is to make sure that when you turn that tap on, that water's safe that you're drinking. So we understand the topic of the lock and dam has been quite controversial. And we're going to ask some in-depth questions to the best of our ability. Please keep in mind uh, what we're asking is on behalf of uh, the Augusta locals and we are trying to spread knowledge and awareness of what's going on. You know, just a little disclaimer for those at home, you know. And now we're going to ask you about a lot of stuff that you can't control, but you probably have to hear about anyways. So apologies for that. Um, so in layman's terms, um, what is the situation with the Lock and Dam? So the, um, the, the Lock and Dam was built in the 30s. It was built to make it uh, easier for barge traffic to get from Augusta to Savannah. And, and what is a lock and dam uh, for um, those at home? So a lock and dam is a, so the dam holds the water higher upstream, so it's basically a big wall. Okay. And then if you have a lock system, the lock system is a pathway where you can actually control the water and let the water in upstream or downstream to allow boats to get past that wall. Okay. Um, so it was built in the 30s during the Great Depression. It was part of the New Deal. Um, and it was about really trying to give the barge traffic a leg up on the railroad traffic, right? So the railroad was kind of owning the economy, mm -hmm. and the idea mm -hmm. was, well, if we make it the river shorter and we make it easier for boats to get into Augusta, then the barges can still be viable. Okay. Um, it was a miserable failure. Mm. <laughs> it didn't work. Awesome. The, ra the railroad still won. Love that. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. We killed it. Um, but Nailed it. That's right, nailed it. Uh, but the, the, what happened is that that raised the water level in Augusta. And so over, year, over the years, since the 30s, Augusta has kind of become used to an elevated pool level, whereas um, ordinarily it would be um, maybe about six, seven feet lower than you see it right now wow. if there was nothing there. <clears throat> um, the, the rocks would go all the way to 13th Street. So you would actually see rocks all the wow. way to the 13th Street Bridge if the wow. dam wasn't there. And the Augusta there. Chronicle did a, a, a post uh, where they talked about what the levels would look like. I think they ran a simulation on the river pretty recently about what the levels would have looked like or what they might look like in the future, yep. which we'll get to, obviously. But uh, it's really cool to see. It's really crazy to see it, though, too. It's like a totally different place. Actually, that was the Corps of Engineer actually simulated yeah. it yeah. and they took before and after pictures yeah. really well yep. to freak people like us out <laughs> <laughs> that's why we're well, here today because yes. right. we're freaked out <laughs> so what happened is that since they built that lock and dam and it never served its original purpose the Corps of Engineers didn't continually invest in it and so the okay. thing is deteriorated and there's a giant hole that exists um, downstream of the lock that's why it's not been operational since 2013 mm -hmm. um, and 
during all of that process as this dam is continually deteriorated, you've had this harbor deepening going on in Savannah. And one of the things that that dam did, the most destructive thing that it did was it cut off access to those rocks for mm -hmm. your anadromous fish. So like the salmon, right? Everybody knows salmon need to get to the rocks to breed. Mm -hmm. Well, we have the same thing on our side of the country. Um, and they're Atlantic sturgeon or they're shad. Sturgeon. Yes. Um, the blueback herring. So there are a number of different <clears throat> fish. Uh, the the shad, for example, is the oldest fisheries in the United States. We don't remember the shad here. You and I were not alive before yeah. the lock and dam was built. Mm -hmm. But you can go back historically and see pictures of people with tons of shad. Or if you go to the lock and dam now when they're still running, because these fish go up to the lock and dam and stop, You'll see people catching them like crazy to eat them. It's actually a big part of our culture. Um, yeah. But that stopped when they built the lock and dam. So as the harbor is going on, the way that it works is as you destroy something, you're supposed to come up with mitigation, fix it. Um, so that mitigation that was proposed, one of the very, there's a large uh, amount yeah. of mitigation, but the one that's one, why we're here today yeah one of those that pieces of mitigation is creating a passage around the lock and dam for those anadromous fish those fish coming up from okay. savannah and so what purpose is the lock and dam serving at this moment the only purpose of the lock and dam is to hold that elevated level in augusta okay that's it okay yeah so what we're talking about essentially is the decision or the decision of how to uh, route the fish around the lock and dam or over it or through it or dot dot dot. I know there's multiple different pro proposals right now. Is that right? There are. So the, um, the Corps of Engineers has kind of come out with their plan. Um, they had a bunch of different alternatives and then the city decided they liked one of the alternatives better. And then actually Riverkeeper, we have actually submitted a third one that we think is okay. the, the middle road that makes everybody kind of happy. Um, Can you really briefly, and I know you, yeah. I know this could be the whole thing, <laughs> but could you really briefly talk about what those plans are sure. compared to yours, or not yours specifically, yeah. but the Office of the Riverkeepers? Yeah, yeah. Um, that'd be great. So the, the Corps of Engineers' current plan is to build a rock dam, which is essentially a rock mountain that replaces okay. where the, the dam is now. Okay. Um, the height of that dam is so low that it drops the pool pretty significantly, which is what you saw during the drawdown. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, the other big thing that it does is it destroys the park. Um, the reason that that's super important is that most people may not realize this, but this is a, it's a very important historical park. It's one that's been used continually by people. It was not segregated during a time when we segregated wow. everything here because yeah. it was a federal park, not state or locally okay. owned, right? And which park is this? This is the Lock and Dam Park, which okay. is where the Lock and Dam right. is. Gotcha. Um, but the current core plan calls for basically turning that into a drainage ditch. Um, okay. So that's the current that's the current plan. So that's it's a big the, deal. Yeah, that's not great. <laughs> and I've seen I've seen you know like one dash one two dash six. Yeah. So what is this one that you're talking so about the, right now? The one dash one is the one the city of Augusta liked or decided that it wanted. And I believe they're not doing that one. They are definitely not going <laughs> to do that one. That's right. what I read. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's kind of been the the crux of the the big issue here is the city has decided. Honestly, I think a little bit incorrectly because out of fear 
that they just want to keep the lock it down. So 1.1 is the right thing, right? Yeah. Um, and the core is like, well, we're not keeping this thing because all the money is to pass fish and you don't pass fish when three quarters of it is a dam that you can't get fish past, So right? is, yeah. is the city possibly thinking it is more cost effective to keep it there? Or is that, is it coming down to money at the end of the day? No. It's this, not. Okay. It's actually, honestly, isn't it more, isn't it more expensive to keep it because you would yeah. have to rebuild it in uh, 50 years. And yes, so that's, that's right. Another, I saw that in 50 years. they million yep. or whatever yeah. dollars. So that's you right. caught me on a good day because I just came <laughs> back from the commission and I'm going to tell you what it is. Oh, it's, this a, is awesome. it's a, um, it's a lack of, um, it's a lack of forethought. It's a lack of ability to see towards the future and being scared mm -hmm. and just wanting to hold on to what we have and saying, just don't change anything. Just don't change mm -hmm. anything. And it's really, well, Augusta is changing. And that wasn't, see, that's the it big is point. changing. We don't, you we, can't stop it. You can't stop it. And if we're really going to grow and bring cyber in, and if we're right. going to bring communities in that want to use and, and that we want to stay, mm -hmm. um, the fact is that millennials just themselves, and that's the workforce we're trying to bring in, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. these aren't people who are necessarily going after the $700,000 house that they have to drive two hours to get to work. Mm. What they're going after is the connectivity, the ability to engage and have experiences yep. in the community Absolutely. that you live in. Yep. And so, um, unfortunately, there are, um, that there's been a lot of pushback in the idea that, uh, that there really should be more happening at the Lock and Dam. So uh, the city of Augusta hired the McLaughlin Whitewater Group, who is uh, the world's leading whitewater designer. Honestly, mm -hmm. he's built the last Olympic course. He did Columbus. Okay, um, I was gonna been, ask about that. Columbus yeah. is awesome. Columbus, he did uh, the Platte River in Denver. So when you fly into Denver, wow. that's, that's his. So we wow. brought, uh, the city hired the leading whitewater designer to lay out a river recreation plan. Uh, they presented it actually to the commission today, and uh, the mayor did not allow them to do their presentation. He allowed them to get one third of the way through, cut them off, um, and that was the third time the man had flown in here from Denver to make the presentation. So, um, I, I don't I don't know how to respond to that other than I've shed some tears earlier. Um, wow. And so if you need the, the heck. Yeah, it was it was pretty it was pretty amazing. That's and mind blowing. It is. It's a little bit. That's why I say it, there's there's so much fear that has been had about around this idea, and we just should hold on to what we have. But if you go out to the lock and dam and you look, my fishermen. Mm -hmm. only have bank fishing they're fishing on the inside of a deadlock mm -hmm. if you're handicapped there's no way you're going to be able right. to fish at all we're not talking about a park that's been revitalized in any way shape or form yet the city's going to own it if it's not a drainage ditch in a couple of months and so the idea that we had the world's leading whitewater guy and recreation guy here not once but three times and had this opportunity to look at how to tie the Corps plan together so that we can do recreation here. Um, and okay. It's kind of floundering, honestly. So just to be clear, making sure I didn't miss anything, <clears throat> excuse me, so the Corps plan, is it their plan to get rid of the lock and dam? Yes. And then the city of Augusta's plan is to keep it and, and, reno then, and renovate it basically. Yes, and in 50 years, you know, screw it, we'll pay it in 50 years. Yeah. And then y'all's plan in the middle ground is to... 
So you. Oh yes, here we are. Yeah. Yes. So you build um, a rock dam. So in the same okay. way, so you get rid of the lock and dam. You build the rock mountain, and then you build gates into it. And those gates go all the way across the top. And they're um, they're actually it's air. It's a huge air bladder. And so when the water is low, they can mm -hmm. flip up. They can hold the water higher and still allow the water to go through. But then during flooding situations, they fold completely down. Wow. And they can be controlled with an iPad. So you can control wow. them individually. It wow. gives you more control through the white water, uh, excuse me, through the rock dam and more control upstream. The other thing that Riverkeeper is extremely adamant about is that safe passage around this structure must is, is a must. Yeah. Um, so with the whole idea of white water, there is no doubt we have the makings of an international, nationally recognized whitewater course. No question about it. But the most important thing is providing a safe passage for people to get around this structure. Okay. And so the whitewater has always been about that. It's mm -hmm. really more about making sure that people can get around this structure once it's built mm -hmm. to mitigate the loss of these locks. Because right. the big boats, now this structure will not take motor boats because that's, you know, there's only so much we can get the corner right. onto, honestly. Okay. Um, but it's still, you you know, you need that that safe passage. So, um, just to be clear, though, this isn't the 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 idea has been largely pushed by Riverkeeper, but this is also a Rick McLaughlin design. Okay. It largely came from me bugging him to death and saying the core is over here, the city is over here, and this is going to be a problem and is going to end up in a lawsuit. Can't you come up with yeah. something? Right. And so he came up with this with this idea, and it's not been flushed out very well. Yeah. That's part of you know the city needs to allow for it to be flushed out. Um, but I think it's I think it's brilliant, and right. I think it will work. So sounds like a really good idea. And I've actually talked to some people that work in uh, waterworks. They have said that that idea, having the uh, rapids, and is that what we're calling mm -hmm. it, the rapids dam replica, you know, that that is the best idea. Yeah. My question is, is it, what's the cost? Because at the end of the day, money is everything. So we know that the Corps of Engineers is this much money. The city of Augusta is, is gonna be this much money. Where, where do y'all sit with this idea, where, with the money, you know? And then who's paying for it at the end of it? That, I guess at the end of it, is it, tax, is it taxpayers or is it, uh, you know, does the city, you know, pay for this firm coming in to build it? You know, what what is it? And I'll add one more part to that. What's the long-term cost? Because right. I know that the revitalization is the short-term cost is the lowest, but the long-term cost is the highest. I know that the, the core's plan, the upfront cost is the highest, the long-term cost is the shortest. So I assume you're somewhere in the middle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, and that's the truth. So we're right, right there in the middle. So it is... Um, Building the rock dam, it would be you could if you put the gates in, you could actually build it slightly lower because you would have those gates there mm -hmm. that would reduce okay. the cost. But then the gates themselves, so I think you're talking comparable to the beginning cost of um, 
of what the Corps has proposed. Uh, the, the big difference is that these gates last a whole lot longer and the replacement cost is a whole lot less. For y'all's idea. For our idea. Okay. So it is uh, an overall and I think up front going to be the cheapest. Okay. So, so, and so are these the only three options before we move on? There are, the core has um, varying heights of the rock dam. Okay. Is that um, the but, two hyphen six yes. and the two hyphen D or six yes. D, six A and six D. <laughs> I, well, I'm curious because I read it and I, it's hard to read. It, it is really hard, is to read, hard to read. And I feel like they do that a little bit on purpose. Well, so the, the core, you have to keep in mind, it's, it is a, um, it's an entire company of engineers. Okay. And engineers right are engineers. Language. That's yeah, true. Yeah, like that's they, true. They, Very true. It's like, you know, you hang out with a bunch of lawyers, you're going to get a lot of, uh, <laughs> yep. thou shalt. Thus. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but in sports. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to lawyers out there. <laughs> okay. So your costs are somewhere in the middle up front and somewhere in the middle long term. And yeah. from what I understand, the federal and the state split the cost up front and then the state covers the whole cost long term. Is that right? So the... And it, how does that split work also? So it, it, so it depends on how, because the, if the core goes with a plan that they've chosen, they cover the cost completely. Okay. And it is won't that, be that's a cost. the long-term cost? That, that is the long well? and the short-term cost. Okay. Because all of the money is for fish passage and fish mitigation okay. and maintaining it for yep. fish to be able to get through. Okay. If the, like, if the city was to choose 1.1, or excuse me, if the Corps was to somehow, which they're not going to, choose 1.1, <laughs> They would require the city of Augusta to pay significantly in that and then to require them to pay that long-term maintenance because that maintenance would be then in their eyes for the flow upstream, not for the fish passage. And I believe they discussed uh, using the T-Splost yes. to cover that. Yeah. So that would be a relative tax tax. Oh, it would definitely be a... It, uh, I think it would come out of local SPLOS too, so wow. you would yeah. be, you would have double and triple whammies on the local taxpayer. There's no question about so that. So the, the local taxpayer pays the most for the local plan, without a doubt. Well, and then, I will this, say personally, yeah. I live in Richmond County, yeah. so personally. Uh, yes, barely, but barely. I will say that <laughs> I... The sign is like in his front yard. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So I will say though, you know, I, I am a simple teacher. My wife is a simple teacher, but I will gladly throw money to make sure the river stays at a certain level. That's where I'm coming from. I don't yeah. think anybody would disagree with that. I don't honestly think, even if you're willing to pay it, I don't think it's fair for two teachers to have to subsidize somebody wealth on True. the river yeah right I think that if that money and taxpayer money is going to something that benefits all of us right then that's important so if you're using that money to create something at lock and dam and these other places that people can actually use oh, 100% agree and bring people yes. to town okay. then that's a and better use that's of that what, money. that's what that is where yeah. I was going with yeah. that okay. yes I am in support of that 100% yeah. so yeah. A couple quick points and then we'll move to the next question because there's a lot of details this is getting pretty deep where we've been <laughs> digging for a while yeah so just real quick under the chorus plan or not the chorus plan under the river keepers plan just brief summary so like 
the water level, what would the difference be compared to the other two with the Riverkeeper's plan? So and would, then, oh, oh, let, me do, let me do the three part and then I won't talk for like 10 more minutes. Okay. No, um, the, the, the water level, um, the cost, I know, it's, I know it's in the middle, but mm -hmm. as far as like the local taxpayers, and then you talked about the precedent with other places, um, Columbus, Greenville, um, do you see any economic gains that might mitigate those costs? All right, so um, I forgot what number one was already. Number one is the water level. Okay, so all right, so number one, the, the water level with the, with the Crest Gates, the answer is that you could technically hold the water higher than it is now. Um, that wow. would that Whoa. would be possible. It would just depend on how much you, on how high you built the gates. Wow. Um, so I so think the water level wouldn't have to change. The wouldn't the water level wouldn't have to change from a cost standpoint. Sure. I think you would probably be looking at one to one and a half foot drop, which nobody would know difference. the difference. Yeah. yeah. So that's a lot different than what you saw. About comparable to what the city of Augusta. So the city of Augusta, that one point one also drops the pool about okay. about the same. And could um, you take a motorized boat over it still? You can no, you no. would not be able to take it. Well, I'm not willing to say that because during high water you probably could. Because okay. during high water I can get my boat all the way to the pumping station. Okay. So. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. on a regular basis, no, you okay. cannot. Um, the second is the the cost. So the cost to the taxpayer uh, with the crest gates and putting a passage through the park, I believe it's uh, very minimal actually, as long as it's being done within the Corps plan. So if okay. the city of Augusta, North Augusta, everybody's working together saying this is what we want, um, we will have to cost share a piece of that. But I think you're talking, um, I, I would be amazed if, a, if the locals spent more than $5 million total to wow. build at the end of the day an internationally. And that's a lot right? less than both the other places. That, and a lot less than a civic wow. center. Yeah. Right? Wow. Like, so, you're, <laughs> you know, that's from, really you know, Rick just presented to the commission and it was, you know, approximately 10 million if the city of Augusta was footing the bill. So, wow. not much money is the answer to, to make a huge difference. And the city of Augusta's plan ends up being like a hundred something million dollars. Well, Long term, of yes. course, right? Exactly, on the taxpayers, yes, without a benefit, wow. right? So that's a pretty big difference. Nothing changes. I'm a little it, confused here. I, well, I was very confused just a little bit. Ago. <laughs> what? So we'll keep you out of trouble. We'll move on. Yeah, I might need another beer. Oh my yeah. gosh. Well, but, I mean, I think there's just so much fear. Like I said, there right. is this, I mean, there's been this whole drumbeat that I'm making millions of dollars you know, by, by somehow pushing this agenda and there's all of this conspiracy theory and that is circulating around this. Would you personally benefit? No. Okay. I don't personally benefit at all from The answer is yes, because you this. have kayaking and you have... You <laughs> Actually, so, no, honestly, I'll tell you the truth. Okay. Um, I would tell you, and, and we don't talk about this a lot, but this is, this is the hard truth. The reason that Riverkeeper has been so dedicated in a whitewater course at Lock and Dam is because until a couple of years ago, the river was the fourth largest amount of toxic releases in the United States. Half of that came from Columbia Nitrogen Road, which is right here in downtown Augusta. Hmm. Those chemical companies have slowly started going out of business. I have no intention of letting them come back. We are now building the top cancer institute in the right. Southeast. You don't build the top cancer institute in the southeast in a place that doesn't have cancer. 
So our whole initiative has been about wow. getting people into the river below these industries to make sure that they cannot continue to pollute this water. Wow. That's our end game. That's what we get. So you want to bring industries, but you want to bring clean industries. I want clean industries. Right. I want okay. the tech companies. I want those yeah. guys to come in. We have to have a sustainable economy, but there's no reason we should get cancer just for sure. going to sure. work. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And on that note, <laughs> <laughs> yes, so we've heard we've heard about the local politicians and, and their response to this. Um, can you tell us how the media response has been? And Feel free to be brief or take a long time. I'm sure that you can speak one way or the other. Um, so the Augusta Chronicle has been slanted the entire time, no question. Um, I, I, that doesn't surprise me immensely. I, you know, and in which way? Um, definitely against anything happening at the Lock and Dam. They're for technically leaving the dam and then routing the river mm. on the South Carolina side, which we're not even going to get into. But, wow. Okay. Um, yeah. So the the no the 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 Chronicle has been extremely clear in the fact that they think that Augusta is being completely railroaded and that Riverkeeper is on the take and that mm. this is all some big conspiracy, um, which is which is unfortunate. Um, I also feel, honestly, um, somewhat bad for the, the reporters that have to write in that environment. Um, the, I think the news is the the TV news has been a little bit more fair. You know, they always like a story, right? So that when there's been stories, um, but I think they've been pretty good about constantly checking in and trying to uh, continually ask and understand. The most vicious or the most interesting has been some of the social media and some of the, the that's not surprising. Pretty crazy campaigns and lies that have been spread uh, that have been. Um, I, 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 just very malicious. I mean, even going after my son, for example, or you know, calling and, and threatening, or it's just wow. it's, it's just insane. Yeah. The fact is, honestly, this lock and dam was put into caretaker status in 1987. Do you want to talk about how many people were left holding the bag and didn't do anything to get to now? And we've kind of touched on this. But you mentioned a lawsuit. Mm, yes. Um, and, and in reading about this, that's one of the first things I read is that the North Augusta and Augusta are both considering a lawsuit against the Corps. Um, what would that look like and how would that end? <laughs> and what are they suing? And what would they want to accomplish? Yeah, what are so, they yeah. trying to accomplish? I've, so I've tried to understand the last question uh, of how or what grounds they would have to sue. Okay. Um, and I'm not entirely sure that they have great grounds to sue um, because the aesthetics of the water level isn't necessarily the same as whether you can float a boat or not. Which okay. is, so, I, you know, that, that will be interesting. From a political standpoint, um, especially from a Georgia standpoint, uh, that is going to be really fascinating. So okay. this is the third or fourth biggest port in the United States. Something for us to start tuning into. Yeah, this is the uh, this is the governor's baby. There is nobody who doesn't want that harbor deepened. And that's um, Savannah that you're talking and about. And I'm right? talking about in Savannah. Okay. Um, and also keep in mind, there are thousands of dams that are currently being reduced, or there's mm -hmm. one in the Congaree, and, or 
um, right in downtown the heart of Columbia. They're taking out completely here in the next week. Um, wow. And almost every single one of those communities scream and cry about how the water level is going to kill them. And then the economics at the end show the opposite. Mm. So Compared to what we've seen with other cities. Yeah, so okay. like I said, you go to Greenville, you go to Columbus, or you look at these places that remove dams, and what you find is not only do the fish come back, the people come back because it mm. doesn't kill them. <laughs> like you can actually right. safely get past. You can't get past the lock and dam. Last person tried the jet ski is now dead. So, I mean, that the, you create these safer environments. Um, I'm not trying to get off task real quick, yeah. but just for a side note, how deep is the river right now? When I think of yeah. the river, I think of where I see jet skis, you know, off the river walk downtown. Yeah. And that, that's where I'm thinking of yeah. river. How deep is it right now? Uh, so let, let's guess. Let's guess. All right. Uh, I'm thinking, well, she kind of already said it. A little bit so now my guess but I was guessing around nine and a half feet I was gonna guess 16 okay so right in between the two of you so it's okay. about nice. um, 12 to 13 feet okay. right there in that area um, once you get to the it's other side of the dam than, than I would think yeah, yeah. it's it is people jump off those railroad tracks and that's like they're jumping into a swimming pool we don't know any of those people yeah I've seen videos <laughs> there's um, but a, a girl died a couple of years ago because there's a piece of one of the old bridges that's fallen off that she fell and, oh, and hit geez. and killed her. So, I mean, there and there's a training wall that runs underneath there, wow. too, that we didn't even talk about that the, the core is going to have to remove. But, um, yeah, so it's, yeah, 13 so feet. Don't, so don't so jump off the railroad tracks. Definitely don't, okay. don't jump off so the railroad tracks. So hearing now that Greenville had that, had that process, and again, I'm off task yeah. right now, but so their river went lower our river you know let's say hypothetically it goes lower we're looking say at two feet is yeah. it two feet less four feet less six feet what i think just so people just you know listening halfway through just so they know what would they be looking at if the corps of engineer goes their route historically they usually go their route so um you know are we looking at 10 feet the chorus plan is six feet off right it well so it was supposed to be three and it ended up being a lot more it's like four or five feet yeah okay. so depending on the time of day um the stevens creek dam upstream was not functioning at the same time so there was a there was a couple of they're they're saying there's a couple of feet of issue um but i think that if you the core is not i i, I very strongly believe the court is not going to go with the plan that they first came up with. Okay. They're going to go with one of the different alternatives. I hope it is something that has been suggested to beyond just the alternatives that they laid out. Right? Okay. Right. Um, if they choose to do that. I uh, guess what right, I'm getting at is if, you know, everything goes with the plan that the court want, you mentioned we would still be able to have votes. Yeah. And I guess just so people know that they can sell boats, and those you never see people on wakeboards, but you know they're thinking, no, we can't wakeboard. Yeah. yeah. You know, they obviously can. I, I can't guess. do my one kayaking trip this summer. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I just wanted to let people know that even if the water goes down, the river is still usable. Yep. And that's with any plane, right? Yeah. So okay. no matter, there, so there is a federal legal protection on the pool 
That means that it cannot be drawn down to a level that affects specifically the intakes, right? Okay. So gotcha. that is, and that's about the level you saw. Like it can't go any lower than that, right. or that's going to start affecting intake. So okay. what you saw during the drawdown, I think, is is pretty much that's worst case scenario. Um, that's good to I, know. I, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's better. That's good than, to know that is that's the. It could be worse. It definitely could be worse. It yes. could be, yeah. and knowing it's, that that will be the worst, if anything, that is a little bit. A little bit hard, better. Yeah, a little bit better. <laughs> so I don't know but, if this is insider trading. Yeah. Um, are you allowed to take a gamble at what they're gonna pick? So um, are you allowed to guess at that? I, yeah. <laughs> Drum roll. <laughs> I so I think what they're gonna do is um, at least this next round. Try and choose the um, one of the rock dams that's higher. Okay. So they had a couple, and it causes a little bit more flooding upstream. But I think that's okay because it's flooding swamps more often. That's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, and I and I hope they're going to put a bypass around the park so that there's actually some kind of floodway or bypass rather than. Um, Digging the whole park out as a rectangle, if you make it into like a long tube, yeah. people can actually go through it, not yeah. just ruin the whole park. Um, yeah. That's what I hope, and that's what we're we're pushing for. I want the crest gates. I don't think the fisheries folks love the crest gates. Um, okay. Crest gates are the, the crest gates are the idea of going across the rock dam. Right. And, and um, I still think that's the very best, and I think it needs to be fleshed out. Um, I don't know that the city of Augusta will allow. Rick McLaughlin to flush it out. So the idea is mm. dead in the water because no pun intended. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but I think I think what you're going to end up seeing is they're going to make the rock dam a little bit higher. They're not going to fix the dam. It's not going to happen. Um, and hopefully they will come up with some passage that saves saves the park. Okay. Um, let's see. Do you have anything else, Chris? No, I I think that we nailed it. So I think we nailed it. Yeah, this, no, I think this it's this damn situation. <laughs> we have I've been wanting to say that all day. Recorded. <laughs> yes. Um, no. I mean, I know I'm going to listen to this later, and I'm going to think, oh, right? Damn. <laughs> Why didn't I think of something? So take home message: If people listen to this and they want to get involved, and whatever mm -hmm. plan yeah. they support, if they want people to hear their voice, and what should they do? Like, if I wanted to go to the mayor's office and say, I want this plan mm -hmm. what would i do or maybe not the mayor's office but yeah. if that's what i wanted what, what would i do what can the people of augusta do yeah well, so i would say the mayor's office is exa actually exactly who needs to hear from you right now um your so mayor's office them? yeah i would call your mayor and i would call your your commissioners and make sure that they understand that you want the city to be negotiating um and not just ready to jump into a lawsuit that there's actually that you want if you believe in the recreation and you want to see white water you need to let them know okay mm -hmm. um, I think that overwhelmingly if they let it go to the vote if a mayor would actually let the vote go about white water the votes would be there on the Commission okay. um, but they need that support and the mayor is doing everything that he can to prevent it from happening, okay. um, which is which is unfortunate right now. So no matter which plan you support, contact the local government, contact the mayor's office, email them, call them. At least them let them know that we Augusta care yeah. about what's going yeah. on. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And that's why we're doing this. That's why we're doing this. So right. thank you so much for your time. Thank you.